Hi, this is Lisa, and you are listening to I Love That Movie. This podcast is for movie lovers. It's not an unbiased opinion. It's not a straightforward review. It's just a couple people talking about a movie that they love. The format is each week I have a guest, and that guest and I discuss a movie that they love, something they're obsessed with, something they connect with. We'll talk about the plot, the director, and the actors, but we'll also talk about the personal connection my guest has with that movie. So if that sounds like something you want to listen to, keep listening. This is Lisa, and if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast, and we have a Patreon. Uh, the show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at Patreon.com/slash I Love That Movie. Um, and if you do sign up, you get weekly bonus episodes with my weekly roundup, extra interviews talking about stuff like Marvel, What If, The Mandalorian, uh, Loki. WandaVision, stuff like that. We have a lot of fun on there. Um, and I want to take a moment to thank my top patrons, and they are Chris Balga, Jeff Woodman, Philip Barker, Michael Cross. Thank you guys so much for keeping the lights on. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. I have a new guest on the podcast today. I have Carissa. Say hi, Carissa. Hey. Hey. Um, so we, uh, I have since I haven't had you on the show before, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? All right. Uh, my name's Carissa. Um, I am a pediatric ER nurse and a cosplayer and a big nerd. <laughs> Perfect for this podcast, then. The nerd part, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, my guests always pick the movie. So what movie did you choose to talk about today? The Decoy Bride. Okay. I have to be honest. I had never heard of this film. Until you explained it to me over dinner. <laughs> and then I went and watched it. Uh, this came out in 2011. And I think probably the biggest draw for people that haven't seen it would be David Tennant. Um, but it is a really fun film. I really enjoyed it. When when did you first see this movie? Um, I saw it short, shortly after it came out on Netflix. So probably... I guess 2012. I was trying to remember back when I saw it first. Um, I thought it was on my maternity leave, but it mustn't have been because that was 2010. Um, but yeah, it was, I had just started watching Doctor Who and like you said, David Tennant's the biggest draw. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big draw. And um, funny enough, Kelly McDonald, the female lead, is the voice of Merida from Brave. I noticed that. I was like, I kind of thought watching it, I was like, one, she looked really familiar to me and I couldn't place it. And I think I remember her from No Country for Old Men. But because she's so like whimsical in this, I think I was remembering her voice from Brave for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I watched it, like I said, on a David Tennant kick, found it on Netflix <laughs> and wanted to watch all of the stuff that he's in. So I watched it and super enjoyed it. Um, absolutely love everything about it. 
it's it's kind of my go-to comfort movie. Oh, it's good to have those. Yeah. Um. So so like I said, this is my first time seeing it, but I did really enjoy it, and I wanted to let listeners know. If you haven't seen it yet, I recommend watching it first and then coming back and listening to this discussion. Just because it won't be spoiler-free, we will kind of like talk about the plot and things like that. Uh, I actually rented it on iTunes. Um, but yeah, you can find it online digitally, um, probably for rent. I didn't see it streaming, but you can rent it. And I recommend it. I think it's, you know, it's, it's like you said, kind of a, a comfort movie. And if you like David Tennant, I feel like you'll like it. Uh, when the world's media descends on a remote Scottish island where a Hollywood actress is attempting to get married, a local girl is hired as a decoy bride to put the paparazzi off the scent. I feel like this synopsis is just so you don't know everything that happens. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to tell you yeah. everything, which we'll talk about. Um, this was directed by uh, Sherry Folkson who I wasn't super familiar with, but when I kind of looked through her IMDb, it looks like uh, known for like Burn It in 2003, uh, the 12 Monkeys series and Imposters. So a lot of TV, which I kind of did get that vibe actually from uh, from watching this. It, it reminded me a little bit of, um, well, you know, it's, it's a romantic comedy, but it kind of had that vibe of like, almost like those, hallmark type yeah. uh holiday movies but then it's got a little bit of an edge to it i think right. because it's british well, <laughs> funny enough she's also the director for bridgerton and sex life oh. which are super super popular on netflix right now so there's that edge and that kind of romantic vibe victorian romantic vibe as yes well. okay i didn't know that yeah she's looks like at least a couple episodes wow I, okay very cool i can definitely see that now that you said that <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm Googling on IMDb as well. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's fun when you, when you see some of these movies, um, well, there's, there's been movies I've seen hundreds of times, but then when I do an episode, I read more about it than I did before, you know? Right. And so it's kind of fun to learn stuff, but yeah, so she's the director. And then it was written by Neil Jaworski and Sally Phillips, who apparently came up with the story and she is actually one of the main characters. She plays Emma. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, she's like, I had this idea and then it just kind of came together. And I don't know. It's, it's, it, I was interested in learning about like, how it came about, you know? Yeah. Um, but you already mentioned David Tennant. Uh, you know, this, like you said, you were drawn to this movie because of Doctor Who. And before we started recording, I was like, when was he Doctor Who again? And I, I went and looked and yeah, he would be that was in full, that yeah. yeah, full, like powerful when he's at, I don't know, yep. when he's at his most powerful, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But yeah, it's before Gods and Omens, obviously, but during his heyday as Doctor Who. So Definitely a big draw there. We talked a little bit about Kelly McDonald. And those are the people I'm probably the most familiar with. I, I did have a couple. Oh, go ahead. I was actually more familiar with Alice Eve at that point. Oh. Um, because she played the science officer in the Star Trek movie that came out around the same time. I think it was the Oh, really? Which one was that one? Do you remember the name of it? It was the second one, I want to say. Hold on. Let's see. Uh, into darkness star trek into darkness oh yeah okay now i see now i see it for sure that's cool i should have recognized her from that yeah 
it was one of those i was watching i was watching i was like she's so familiar why is she so familiar why do i know this face why do i know this face and then (laughs) of course i will sit down and watch a movie and religiously imdb every single character and every single factoid about the movie while it's playing because i'm that person I do that too. And Nick's always like, put your phone down. I'm like, well, I want to know who this guy's from, where this guy's from. And then although I'm terrible at it, like half the time I swear up and down, I recognize someone and then I look them up and they're someone new. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't always hit, but I almost have to return my tricky card for not recognizing her from that. So thank you for that. that (laughs) Um, I had a couple of quick facts as well. Uh, You know, this film takes place on the Isle of Haig, in Scotland, UK, David Tennant is Scottish, but he plays an Englishman. And then Alice Eve is playing is from the UK, and she's playing an American in this movie. Right, Just interesting fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also had that the script was priced at seven million pounds, pretty much the amount it would cost to make it, but the film had a budget of only two and a half million pounds. So this led to many scenes and characters being cut during the film in an attempt to cut costs. So I guess the original story had more players, but it looks like they trimmed it down a little bit for the movie. Um, The last one that I have is that David Tennant and Kelly McDonald both appear in the Harry Potter films. Yes. Uh, Tennant as Barty Crouch Jr. in Harry Potter, the Goblet of Fire and McDonald as Helena Ravenclaw, AKA the gray lady Mm -hmm. in the Harry Potter and the, in the deathly hallows part two. So quick facts there. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some of your favorite scenes from the film? Sure. Um, I think my utmost favorite scene, um, David Tennant has just run away from uh, his decoy bride and um, he comes across this deaf couple and he's trying to find directions for how to get to the Cathedral Cove. Uh, and they can't hear him, but he's wearing uh, Katie's oh, father's yeah. clothing. And so they mistake him for her father, uh, who was a musician. And they ask him to play the bagpipes, <laughs> um, which he can't do. Uh, <laughs> but they can't hear him and they just hear their own music. And they're so in love with each other. And it's just just a beautiful scene. Yeah, yeah, I did think that was really cute. And he never, like, figured it out, but I I got that right away. I'm like, oh, she's dressed like his dad. That's so cute. Yeah. It took him far too long to figure that out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I don't get it. Um, Yeah, I I really liked the film a lot. Like I said, it kind of reminded me, in the best way, I I mean that as a total compliment, because I actually am addicted to like Hallmark holiday movies, but I like that about this and that the fact that it, it had that, but then the humor, you know, like at one point she says, like, I looked like a twat and I was like, Oh, you know, like I just, this vibe of a movie, you don't necessarily expect them to like go there. And so like, then that kind of set the tone for the rest of the movie. Like, okay, this is going to have like some good humor moments that are a little bit biting And so I like really appreciated that about the film, but I also felt that they did a really good job of balancing, um, you know, it being kind of like a rom-com plot, but the characters are so likable and so funny. I don't know. I just felt a a bigger connection to them than I typically feel in movies like this. And it probably is because it's Kelly McDonald and David Tennant. I mean, 
you know, we, we just have so much emotion vested in them, I think. (laughs) Well, and also they flesh the characters out very well. It wasn't just a two dimensional Hallmark movie where it's, she's a big city rich person and he lives in the middle of nowhere, New England, and they're going to live happily ever after (laughs) despite her money. Like it has, she's, she, you know, grew up without a father, you know, her mom having so many regrets, her mom has some illness and is dying from it. And she went off to, you know, make something of herself and failed and is coming back home and having to deal with, you know, her failed relationship and her mom's imminent passing. And, you know, so she had, there is a lot more to this character that makes her more relatable. In her age, too, I feel like, you know, yeah. she's not, like, I don't know, like, in a lot of those movies, they're like, I'm 22, and I'm a busy career woman, and I'm like, man, a lot of people, like, their career wouldn't have even really gotten off the ground yet. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty young. So it's, like, it's kind of cool that she's, like, a little bit older, too. Yeah. I love I love the, when she walks into Angus's wedding, and the little kid's like, <laughs> well, I'd marry you. How old will you be in eight years? She's like, uh, 40 he goes oh I could have gone to 36 yeah I thought that was a really what? good line <laughs> and it also like sets up the fact that this that's how tiny this island is like right options are limited um yeah I love the way she like bursts in there and interrupts the wedding and then the bride's also like he's mine yeah <laughs> you so. lost your chance he's mine now <laughs> again people in short supply on this island you gotta marry who you can so yeah um Let's see. What what's another one of your favorite scenes? Um, I I guess well, I quote a lot of this movie quite frequently. <laughs> it's not necessarily like scenes as a whole, it's just one liners. Okay. Um, I absolutely love uh everything that the um the Reverend says <laughs> in his scene. You know, um when when God made time, he made plenty of it. When God made twine, he made balls of it. And just their faces of, what does that have to do with anything? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like I've heard you guys quote that before. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But I think my my utmost favorite, uh, weddings are like sunsets. uh, And marriage is the sea over which that great sun sets. And it's Mm. just... It's, it's such a poignant line because, you know, we all, oh, we, we have to make this wedding perfect, this moment in time when really it's just a moment and you have hopefully uh, 10, 20, 40 years in the future, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. You know, we all kind of focus on the big day and, and those pictures and, how much money we spend and how big of a party it is. But the real, I mean, the real reason for it is that, you know, spending your life together. Mm-hmm. And I feel like David Tennant, you know, he got swept up by this beautiful woman that's kind of, you know, he feels is a little bit out of his league. She's famous and more famous than him, beautiful. And, you know, I, I think he kind of, was in love with the idea of her and she's in love with the idea of him, but he's realizing as the movie goes on, like, I can't keep this up forever. I mean, first of all, he's faked his backstory essentially by writing this book about a place he's never even been to. 
Um, and that's just the, the, the tip of the iceberg of the problems, I think between the two of them that would come up, but I, you know, I, I, I like that aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I liked, um, I liked the moments where, uh, T- David Tennant and, uh, and Kelly, um, really like connect you know like when they're when they're both in that room and they're like drinking champagne Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) and they're going back and forth about uh you know just how each other are losers and pointing out the the worst parts of their lives and then I think David Tennant's feelings get a little hurt and he he takes a little too far it's a little too biting for her but at the same time it's the truth and it's something that they've been sort of avoiding so this is their time to kind of process it (laughs) yeah so I, like I, I love the running gag of the haunted toilets. Oh, and it, yeah. and it took me actually <laughs> viewing it a few times before I caught the gag. Cause I was like, I just, this scene doesn't make sense. And then I like caught, Oh, the first time she goes in there, she thinks he's somebody else. And she had talked about the haunted toilets where su- supposedly some cow died. Oh and, yeah. And so she moves and then later, you know, when they keep bringing different people to the haunted toilets and you can hear the wind in the pipes and it actually sounds like a cow. And it's I'm like, oh, OK, that's funny that, you know, they keep bringing it back over and over again. <laughs> I don't think I caught that. So, yeah, thank you for explaining that. That's funny. Yeah. It, like I said, it wasn't something I caught my first viewing. Yeah. Um, and I just like, you know, like the situation of him. Uh, pretending that he, you know, that he's been to this place and wrote this book about it. Um, that's enough of a crazy, that's a crazy enough situation for the plot of the movie. But I like that there's the added like, and there's a decoy bride. Like, it just feels like things keep getting more and more complicated yeah. <laughs> as the yeah. movie goes on. And so I thought that kind of made it stand out as well from like a typical, you know, like formulate rom-com too. Yeah. Um. But I, I do like the part where uh, I guess it's uh, uh, I keep using their real names. I need to learn their movie names. Um, let me look real quick. Laura. So Laura's assistant, Steve, who, you know, goes above and beyond to try to kind of like protect her or gets her manager. Right. Yeah. Um, he he kind of goes up above and beyond, you know, trying to keep up this charade for her sake uh, and David Tennant's ca- character, James, is kind of sometimes, you know, debating on just coming clean. But Steve is kind of like, no, we can't have that. We got to give her like the perfect wedding. We can't ruin anything. And so he's kind of he's like, you know, because you lied to her. And I think uh, James says something to the effect of, well, it's never bothered anyone till you like he was like totally OK with living this. I guess false persona. It, it never really occurred to him that it could have a, a bad side to it. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's And well, and even Katie points out at one point, Oh, you're like, you're kept like a tortoise on like, you're her pet. You're not even her boyfriend. Yeah. yeah Cause she's so obsessed with his book. She like hardly even speaks to him without quoting it, which is real creepy. Honestly, <laughs> it's given me well, bad good. vibes. Like, yeah, yeah yeah it's like and and he keeps kind of trying to you know express that to her like okay i get it you're quoting the book but like let's have an actual relationship and so yeah it's true like 
I think he's really won over by her, you know, prestige and just how rich she is and everything like that. But ultimately it's going to kind of stifle his creativity if he stays with her. Right. And then, yeah, there's that added subplot of Katie is also a writer and she says she's working on sort of like a rival book to his book <laughs> that yeah. tells the truth about the island. Um, and that kind of ends up coming full circle at the end of the film, too. Yeah. I love that that last scene. Like, it's just, it's, it's so well, it kind of brings everything to a close so well. Yeah, I was surprised when I watched it at the be, um, you know, at first when, you know, I kind of expected them to like ride off into the sunset, but then the ending is a little more complicated where she writes the book and he reads it and, and, you know, um, he doesn't realize like their connection yet until like the, the very end. Yeah. And I love the, the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I love the, what he puts in the book to my wife, a chapter can be a book. Yeah. That's really nice. So, but then she doesn't realize he's talking about her. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because they technically got married. Right. <laughs> right. Well, she didn't know that he didn't end up with Laura in the end. Yeah. So it's cute. It's super cute. But um, yeah, I thought that was super cute. What do you think of the the paparazzi guy? I like that they kind of have that twist at the end where his obsession is actually like that they actually kind of get together at the end yeah (laughs) i thought that was funny he's like so obsessed with her and he like won't leave her alone but then at the end he's like i realized i was in love with her (laughs) the reason i was obsessed was because i was in love okay creeper but (laughs) yeah in real life i don't know if i could do that but it works for the movie (laughs) because she's kind of you don't want her to be laura to be all alone at the end you know, right. even even if she's a little too in love with this fictitious version of James, I, I still want good things for her. So they kind of give you warm fuzzies with that at the end. No yeah. one's really left out in the cold. And I don't know if you caught at the art show what his pictures were. They were hedgehogs. Oh, Hedgehogs <laughs> and puffins, which they had been mentioning throughout the show or throughout the movie. Oh, we don't have wolves. We don't have rare bo- birds. We have puffins and hedgehogs. <laughs> and we have too many of them, so it would be good if you take some out. Like, and that's so again the the ongoing jokes that they follow through throughout the whole show. Oh yeah, that's funny. I didn't notice that, but that makes sense. I do remember her joking about cooking a puffin at one point. Yeah, in the haunted yeah. toilets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know this island seems really cute. Like, I kind of want to go. <laughs> I absolutely want to go, mainly just to hear all the accents. Because yes, so that's I loved it. That's a big selling point. Although I loved when Katie tried to do an American accent. Oh my gosh! And I, I wonder if the actress uh, Kelly McDonald, like, purposely did a bad American accent, or legitimately is Scottish and doesn't do a very good American accent. Because I don't do a good Scottish accent at all. Um, I thought it was like possibly revenge for how bad Americans can be at them. I'm sure it's Scottish it is. and British accents. I'm sure it is. I mean, we still make fun of Dick Van Dyke for ruining Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> exactly. Yikes. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just so over the top and funny, and I just I laugh so hard that I cry during that scene where she's attempting this accent. <laughs> it's so bad. I love that, and I, I also like the relationship that sort of develops between Laura and Katie's mom. Yes. Like how she becomes so impressed with her. Cause yeah, she's that's kind of character uh, the book. No, but sure. <laughs> and she's like, okay, <laughs> whatever is going to get me this money so I can travel the world. Um, and be thrown into a volcano. <laughs> yeah. I love the thrown into a volcano part. <laughs> she handles that her own way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, I liked that. Cause they, they found a way to make something that is kind of sad, like something that's digestible for the film. And like, I don't know. She's got she's got a sense of humor. She's kind of a fun woman, and she's gonna go do her bucket list. And luckily, she gets to do that at the end too. Yeah. She kind of has to get off the island. I think Kelly wants to stay on the island, and and James too, I guess. <laughs> Eventually. Yeah. But. Well, I like you know I, they say oh, your your mom was always a homebody, and your dad wanted to travel. And, she, and the old lady says to her, I reckon you're a bit of both. Oh, yeah. That's interesting, too, that aspect that the dad wanted to travel and then he died. And I guess maybe that's why they didn't end up traveling. And so that's why later in life she's like, I've got to travel now, you know. I don't know if he died or not or just ghosted. Like, they, oh, never, they don't okay. actually say... One way or the other, they just say mm, it was mom's regret because he disappeared. Huh. Yeah, maybe he was like, I am going to travel goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. But she kind of has her closure in the end, so that's good. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What's another good scene that you liked? The movie's kind of short. It's an hour and a half. I yeah. Noticed. But it's like, again, it's a rom-com. They tend to be yeah. kind of a little bit short. I think I think it's a good runtime for the story. I didn't notice that. I thought it was two hours when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those like cute, low angst kind of just feel good movies. I guess. Yeah, I agree. Um, but also, I think I I thoroughly enjoyed Michael Ure, who plays Steve um, Laura's agent. <laughs> um, he played a similar character in the TV show Ugly Betty, which oh, I didn't had, realize that was him. Which had just ended before this movie came. Before I saw this movie, so oh, okay, like, so the, he, he kind of got typecast a little bit. <laughs> but to see that same personality character, you know, in this movie, I was like, okay, uh, it's the perfect role for him because he does that so well. That yeah, I agree. Diva, take charge, kind of. I'm the the I'm surrounded by idiots kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. got to keep the stars happy. Yeah. Yeah, I really i I thought he was I thought he was pretty enjoyable in the film too, and I did think that he looks familiar. But yeah, that makes sense. I have seen a few episodes of Ugly Betty, so. I watched a lot of that show and um, uh, probably the first at least couple seasons. I definitely watched everything. Yeah, it was yeah. good. It was fun. Anyways, 
different episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think like just the whole the movie as a whole. I will sit down and watch and quote the entire thing pretty much every time. Yeah, it's um, really good. It's fun. Yeah, I, I like the castle that they go to too at one point in the movie. Yeah, the castle that they like revamp entirely because in his book he wrote it one way and that's not what it looks like <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. All the all the uh, setting that they have to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just a lot of the the quips and the jokes, and I think are what make that movie so fun for me. Just that dry humor. Yes, yeah, and and I like the part too where they, I mean, they kind of they make her seem like such an earnest character, Kelly's character, Katie, mm-hmm. because you know they sell to her this idea that she's going to be the decoy bride, and she's really resistant to it at first. Um, they and they keep offering more and more and more money and she's like she makes a joke of like she's like I'm not a prostitute which then becomes another joke that's told a few times where people keep thinking that about her Um, but you know she's kind of got this attitude of like you can't buy me because she's just so real she's like the opposite I think of of a famous person you know she just that's just not her so she's like very resistant to that idea at first and I thought that was cute. Yeah. I, I I agree. And it's interesting that, you know, when James was so drawn to the fame and the, you know, the limelight with Laura, he ends up with uh, Katie, who is the exact opposite. Yeah, but they relate because they're both writers. They're both a right. bit of a mess. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was probably attracted to how together, you know, uh, Laura's life was, but ultimately he's more of a Katie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are yeah. They are a better match. Yeah. And uh, uh, we kind of touched on it already, but I, I like the relationship between Katie and her mother, too. Mm-hmm. I like when she comes home and... Um, She's like, how are you doing? And she's like, I'm great. I'm fine. I'm totally <laughs> and she's fine. Like, oh. And she's like, oh. She's bawling her oh, eyes. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like, well, th- as long as you're fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was cute. And um, I-, I just like their relationship. It was kind of unique in the film, too. Yeah. Um, well, I've had those conversations with my own family. Oh. Like, it's, it's very, you know, <laughs> oh, everything's great. I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm totally fine. As the tears are running down my face, I'm no, I'm 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 okay, you know. <laughs> so it's mom's it's very tell. real. Yeah, it's a very real moment. I agree. Um, let's see. I was also going to say I like when um, Laura goes into hiding for a while and she's like undercover. Yeah, and she finds out the truth about the town. I liked that part too. I love when or she high kicked the the inquirer head guy national inquirer whatever paparazzo <laughs> guy like she's dressed like a little old lady and she just high kicks him in the face <laughs> yeah she couldn't get away even on this remote island right because the movie starts out with 
she and James are at another wedding, right? No, the movie starts out, it's, she had set up like 15 decoys going in all different directions. Oh, that's right. While she's having her wedding at this cathedral somewhere, supposedly remote, but the single paparazzo guy that's been following her was hiding in the piano under <laughs> under the piano in the building and he had like full bottles of that's not juice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got so confused at that part at first. I yeah, mean that- it made sense after that scene. I mean I think it's meant to be confusing at first, but like right. I was like, who is this dude? And then once you find out it's very funny. It's her paparazzi stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so she's like, okay, we can't do the wedding this way. We have to do it a different way. Yeah. So she'd already tried the decoys, so I guess that's why she's okay later with the other decoy. <laughs> she's had practice. Yeah. Well, it was her her publicist's, or whatever, um, Steve's idea. Yeah, Steve's like, idea, yeah. Find that awful girl. What about that awful woman? Like, And he said, he calls <laughs> all of them awful <laughs> they're beneath him and his yeah, eyes i guess exactly <laughs> yeah like you said he's got that energy of like i have to do whatever makes uh laura happy but everybody else is like Ugh. um yeah, yeah. <sighs> i love you know when katie talks to james and is like tell me about laura and he's like well she's nice and she's kind all these generic things that you can say about like probably at least half of earth's population. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's like, you know, if 10,000 men were asked uh, who their ideal mate was, 9,800 of them would say Laura and statistically 800 of those would be gay. Um, (laughs) And it's like, it's again, like back to that, He's in love with the idea of her. Well, she's the ultimate ideal, so I guess I better, if she shows an interest in me, I guess I better show an interest back because that's how this works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, you know, Katie's response of maybe you're one of the 200. Is that so wrong? Yeah. Yeah, it really feels like he got swept up in this and and Laura just had the kind of personality because she's so famous and so you know, respected that it's like what she says goes and he kind of just went along for the ride. Yeah. But you can tell in, in every wedding scene that he's really, he's having second thoughts, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but he, I think he's a little too mild and a little too nervous to express any of that until the situation comes up. And Katie is like the opposite of him in that regard. She says everything that's on her mind. <laughs> yeah. So she's able to kind of pull that out of him. Yeah. And yeah, he's kind of like, oh, maybe, you know, he, it takes him a while to get there, but he gets there. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's right after that conversation of maybe you're one of the 200 that he finally like says to Laura, you know, I don't like big cat movies. And then whatever else he says after that. Yeah. That's, you know, off screen. Mm hmm. Yeah, I know that that's an interesting part of it is we don't see like a big breakup necessarily. Well, I don't think you're meant to. I think you're meant to assume like the media assumes that they've been together, that they did get that's married. That's right. 
which I, makes that ending all the more surprising and happy. <laughs> and I like how you, they have to have that like boat scene yeah. where they're like yelling at each other from far away. I, I thought that was funny. It's very cute. It is. <laughs> yeah, I think it would. I think I did like that kind of second ending thing too, because I think if they just get together, it, I think it happens a little too fast. You got to have that, you know, moment where they're not sure and. Um, and she's not sure if he ended up with her and all that stuff. So I, I kind of like that. Plus, it it gave everybody time to process. You know, it was a, a lot happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I I love that. You know, you it just they fast forward what a year later, you know, and you see, um, Laura is in another movie, and they're like, oh, she's up for an Oscar, and it's like, this is really crappy acting, like purposely bad acting, like <laughs> ridiculous. Um. But, like, you get it, and then you get kind of that narration through the story of, oh, well, over the last year, this is what happened, and I was inspired by this, and da, da, da. and you kind of get oh, that, yeah. that bridge, so it doesn't feel rushed. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and the bridge is, is Katie's mom, right? Yeah. who The one who really inspired her, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the first time I saw it, when it cuts to that scene, I was like, oh, they Laura and James got married and there's a kid there and then she starts talking about depleted uranium I'm like what in the world and then <laughs> they're like oh that's a, the amazing scene from uh Laura's new movie I'm like uh oh wow wow <laughs> another fake out <laughs> yeah so I was thinking when I watched this that I'm glad like, I, I, there's so many movies out there that you can miss. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Um, there's just so much content now. And so whenever I see something like this, I'm like, I'm glad there's still movies like this that feel like they're just small, personal, fun, funny stories. And uh, it was just, I don't know. It was just like a little enjoyable film that I yeah. I hadn't seen yet. And every time I see a new one like that, I'm like, Oh, I'm glad this exists. I hope they keep making stuff like this. Yeah. Well, I love, I love independent filmmaker stuff, and I think that's, mm-hmm. I think that's basically what this is. It wasn't like backed by any big, uh, uh, team or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, judging from the the story about the, uh, about the uh, budget, you know, it's like the they exceeded what budget they had. So it's like almost like they lost money making it in this, in a sense, or they, they really struggled to meet that budget by cutting a lot of stuff out of the film to make sure it happened. Mm-hmm. Maybe even some of the writer or some of the actors took a pay cut, probably it, maybe it's just a passion project that they wanted to be a part of. And those are always fun to watch too. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt like every, every character wanted to be in that. Like it wasn't, a throwaway movie for any of the actors yeah it seems like and especially to maybe also just to to get to work with each other you know because it's a pretty good cast for such a small film it is well i guess that brings me was there anything else that we haven't any scenes that we haven't talked about yet i don't want to rush um i don't I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. It's a, you know, like I said, like we said, it's an hour and a half. So it's, you know, a quick movie. Um, so 
Okay, well, that brings me to my last couple of questions. Uh, number one, why is this your comfort movie? Why do you think you've seen it so many times? Um, originally, because um, it was available on Netflix uh, <laughs> when it first came out and David Tennant. Um, but really, I, you know, I, 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 I remember I watched it the first couple times by myself. And then I, you know, some of the one-liners are so funny. I was like, oh, I have to share this with a couple of my friends. And so I had them come over and they watched it with us and we started quoting it to each other. Um, and, you know, like it just kind of became more, more about the quoting, kind of the <laughs> way, kind of the way that the Princess Bride is. Yeah. Like, and, and movies can do that. They It's like it becomes your, especially when it's not super well known sometimes, it's like that becomes your thing, like with your friends. Yeah. 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 I noticed, by the way, that in the group I mentioned I was watching it and a few people were like, I love this movie. So you're not alone. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it's one that I recommend quite frequently. Awesome. Well, what what is your pitch when uh, when you're recommending it? How do you sell this movie? Um, if you're looking for a feel-good rom-com with Scottish accents and David Tennant, this is this is the place to go. Yeah, I I, I think David Tennant is That's such a, a presence name at this point. Yeah, yeah, and such a name, and 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 just nerds love him. You know, we love him, and so it's like you could literally just say David Tennant, and they're like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, that's much. why I watch Broadchurch. You know. That's why, yeah, I started Broad Church for that reason. That's why I watched Fright, <laughs> Fright Night for oh, that yeah. reason. I always forget that he's in that, in the in the remake. I actually really liked that movie. David Tennant and Guy Liner. It's a terrible movie, but it knows it's a terrible movie, which yes. makes it okay. Yes, exactly. And I still haven't seen um, the other big property that he's in. Why can't I think of it? I mean, he does, he, uh, what was it, Jessica Jones. That's right, he was Jessica Jones. Um, and he's also in... Um, he's done so much. So much, so much. Good Omens, that's what I was Good trying Omens. to think of. Yeah. I know that's really popular too, and I have I think I've seen maybe one episode, but I need to get into that. But yeah, like, he's just, he's just so enjoyable. Like, he can carry a movie by himself, but fortunately he doesn't have to. He's got a great cast in this one too. So I think this is kind of like a little hidden gem people should check out. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming on and, you know, hope to have you back soon and, and talk some more movies. Thanks for having me. 